Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, it's an important day. It's Vision Sunday 2022. And, uh, you know, these moments are always very special because they stand out from just being another Sunday. And I stand here today with a tremendous sense of responsibility, I suppose would be the right word, on me because when God has spoken so clearly, you carry that very, very seriously because God has spoken. And so today is a day where we want you to hear what God has spoken to us about and it's, it's simply me just imparting and sharing with you. And if you'll come on this next few minutes with us, I'll do my very best to be able to open up my heart to what God has spoken to us about. And um, it was early March this year, this year. And one of the things that I love to do is to be able to uh, you know, just meet with God early hours of the morning. I, I don't know where your preferred time is where you meet with God, but mine is the early hours of the morning. And as I, as I did that, as I got up and this blue chair, you might be wondering why is there a chair on the platform this morning? This chair represents to me the place where I met with God. It represents that meeting time when the voice of God came. And it was one of those moments in early March this year that I felt very, very clearly that the Lord spoke a word to my heart. And I don't know how you process those times and those moments, but sometimes you wonder, is this just for me? Or is this for others? Or should I speak out of this or should I not? And it was one of those and I sort of just, a little like Mary, hid that treasure in my heart for some weeks. And then I went away and I was speaking in North Queensland and came back and we met with just a handful of our team in uh, the Sunshine Coast. And it was a few weeks, a couple of weeks, I think, after the Lord had spoken to me and we met and there was 10 of us in the room. And at the end of our time, speaking about a whole range of things about the future of highway, where we were going and all of those things that come with strategic planning times, I just very simply said to our team that were there, I have a scripture that I, I have a scripture to share. And I opened up this word that God had spoken to me just simply with no other intent other than I thought it might encourage them. And the room, at least from my perception, seemed to fall almost so silent and so quiet. It was just a quiet room. And when, when you share something like that, you're not always sure what that means. You know, are they getting it or not getting it? Does it mean anything or does it not mean anything? And then at the end of me sharing that, I, I said, I hope we don't forget this. And Pastor Dan said some words that stayed with me and he said, we can't forget this. And it's like that when God speaks, you can't forget when God speaks. And you can't forget what he speaks. And you don't just move on from another Sunday or another meeting when God speaks. 
this is now what you're moving into. God is inviting you to move with him and to go with him. And, and I realise we are going to move into a new time, a new era, a new season, a new moment, a new part of Highway's history. And so we decided then that we would do, and I do apologise ahead of time that we weren't able to invite you all to come. We had limited space, but we invited 100 or thereabouts, 100, 110, 120, whatever it was, people to come to what we called a mountaintop encounter. So we just worked with our certain team members and everything. I would hope and pray we get a moment where this room gets opened up even more. And so for a little over 24 hours, we, we, we went down this road, brought this scripture, had a fantastic atmosphere of worship and all the rest of it. And the presence of God came, ministered to us, and we spoke out of the word that God gave to us. And it's that word that I want to share with you this morning. More importantly, I pray it's that word that I impart to you today, because it's very different about sharing from impartation. And I pray today that, there's an, that there is an impartation of God's word to us, the church, the church here at Highway. And that word is a word that God spoke out of the book of Haggai. And we, we ask you to read that. It's two chapters. So it doesn't take long to read. But the word of the Lord came and it's in Haggai chapter 1, Verses 1 and verses 2, and I'll read it to you. It says that the word of the Lord comes through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, who was the governor, to Joshua, the high priest. And then it goes on to say in verse 2 that this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. The people were saying this is not the right time. The people were saying, this is not my right time. The people were saying, I am caught up in other things. I'm caught up in other interests. I'm caught up in matters that concern me. But it's not the right time to build the Lord's house. It's not the right time to build the Lord's temple. You see, these people had come out of a time of exile. They knew what it was to face all kinds of pressures, emotional pressures, political pressures, Pressures at every turn, everywhere they looked, there was pressures. They'd come out of exile. A king called Darius had um, released them. They'd gone back to Jerusalem. But the, the foundations of the temple had laid in ruins now for many, 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 many years. And God speaks into the time where the people were at. The people had a certain mentality. The people had developed certain habits and ways of living. And God speaks right through into that. And he speaks his word into where they were, what they were thinking, and where their choices and priorities were. And God describes where they're at. And he says to the prophet, he says, the people are saying, it's not the right time to build the house of the Lord. So he's describing where the people are at. And we know that as a result of their choice and their decision and where they were at, every part of their life was affected. Their productivity uh, was affected. And he says in verse 8 of Haggai, he says, You have planted much, but you have harvested little. 
You eat, but you don't seem to have enough, and you earn wages, but it's like a purse with holes in it. So he is describing the impact of their, probably, you know, they were just in a a no man's place, spiritually speaking. Their attention was not on the things of God. And as a result, every part of their life was now affected. They had a lack of prosperity, a lack of productivity. And he explains why he says, you say that it's not time to build the house of God. And this is what the Lord Almighty says in verse 7 of chapter 1. He says, Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down the timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. So God begins to speak these words to me and my in my blue chair in the corner of my, uh, my bedroom, early hours of the morning. And God begins to speak to me about giving careful ways to my thoughts, giving careful ways to what we were doing and give careful ways to what God was speaking to me about, give careful ways to the future of our church. Where did he want us to go with this? What did he want us to put our hand to? What did the Lord want to do in the future? What is it, What was our part in the plan and the purpose and the direction of God? And some of us are saying, but I'm busy. I'm already involved. I'm already doing what I know to do. I've already done that in the past. I'm leaving that now for a fresh generation to come in. They've got energy. They've got drive. And yet God was speaking to me, a middle-aged woman, saying, give careful thought. Give careful thought. Give careful thought. And I'm sitting in my chair with my Bible open exactly where the page is turned open right now. And I start to write down the thoughts of God coming to me. And he says to me, go up into the mountains. And we know that the best timber for them was found in the mountains. It was found in the place of elevation. It was found in that place where you go higher and you bring back what God wants to use to build. And I don't know about you, but as I said last week, you know, as I spoke about mountain mountaineers and all the rest of it, it's not that we're all going to go and climb some mountain somewhere, but I tell you what, that blue chair suddenly became my mountain. It became my place of connection with God. It became my place of something opening up again. It became my place of my ear hearing the voice of God, it became my mountaintop experience. Just sitting in my chair while it was still dark outside, opening up the pages of the Bible, hearing the voice of God. And when the voice of God comes, you start to give careful thought to where you are and you start to give careful thought to where you're going. And it was that And if you thought that that was just one morning where that took place and that was exciting, this happened for days and weeks and has continued on now since early March. And he said, go up into the mountains. And it was there that I realized that this was a a time of not just reflection, but this was a time of perspective. 
Because I believe over the last few years that one of the things that the enemy has stolen, and he is a thief, is that he steals perspective. He takes away and he fogs out your perspective. He makes it cloudy. He makes it distorted. He makes it not clear to enter into the thoughts of God. He makes it so uh, muddy the waters, so to speak, that you've lost that sense of clarity. And as I'm sitting in my blue chair here, perspective is starting to, to come back like, a, like you wouldn't believe. It was like something just happened to my mind and suddenly it became clearer. My heart became woken up again. And, this, and the mountain speaks to us simply about our relationship and our time with the Lord. It's that whatever that looks like. For you, the mountain air is so much cleaner and clearer. The mountain places is where we do gain perspective and clarity and conviction or a word of wisdom, and we are told to go there. And I was there. And so when I spoke to our team, I took them there. And it was almost like without me saying the words, it was like, come to the blue chair experience with me and let's incline our ear to what God is saying right now. It was that. And so perspective started to come back and the Lord began to speak to me and because the timber that they went for would be the materials that they would need to build what God wanted built. And for me, it wasn't that I was going to go to some mountain collect timber, but I needed the thoughts of God and I needed the perspective of the Lord to come alive. And some years ago, when the Lord spoke to me, he said, when you, when you get into my presence, you also get and acquire my perspective. And I feel that's where God is calling the church to go, that we would get into the presence of God again that we would again have the perspective of, perspective of God. And when you've got a clear mind about what God is doing, what he's saying, where he's directing you, it's very easy to follow. And so the other thing was this, he said, collect the timber. And that timber for me, as I began to, and again, it's not like this, you know, strong rah-rah-rah prayer moment. I'm sitting in a chair. And I am hearing the voice of God speak. And he is speaking so clearly that it's not muddled, it's not muddied. It is so simple that it would be hard to miss it. And I realized that that timber was you and I. The timber is the men and women of God that are prepared to walk the call upon their lives. The timber is the gift that you carry, it's the talent that you have, it's the vision that you have, it's the time that you're investing, it's the whatever it is, the serving, the prayers, the intercession, it is the finances, it is the timber, it's what you carry on your life that you come and you bring to build what God wants built. He says, go to the mountain first up, the people of God have to go to the presence of the Lord. We need to go higher. And secondly, collect the timber. You have to bring the timber in to be part of what God is doing. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, in the Amplified Bible, it says, from him, from him, 
That means him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added to you. From him, the whole body, the church, in all of its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. And when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and to mature, building itself up in unselfish love. And then in verse 8 of chapter 1, Haggai, he says, build the house. You go to the mountain, you collect the timber, and then you come back and you do something with what's in your hand to do. And he says, build the house. His house is to be a house that is furnished. And it is to be filled with the right things, with the right perspective, with the right focus. And it is a house, and this is what I love, this is the whole motivation for me. 100%, even before I got here this morning, I've got two of these blue chairs, but this one is very significant. I sat in the other blue chair this morning and I said, God, whatever we speak about today, wherever we go beyond today, let it be something that you are delighted in. Let it be something that you are honoured by. Let it be something that you are well pleased with. That's all I ask for. And so he says, build the house. And so that is the whole motivation why we share today and part today. This is the why behind why what we are doing. This was the why behind our mountaintop encounter weekend. This is the why behind uh, me sitting in the blue chair. This is the why behind that Sunshine Coast experience with 10 other people. There was no other why. It was just so God could take pleasure in it. And then in Haggai chapter 1, the, uh, 13 to 14, it says, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. And it says this, it says, from God, it says, I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. Now, this next bit is something else that God spoke to me. It says that God stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, who was the governor. God stirred up the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came and they began work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. You've got to keep it in context. They've been in exile. They, their minds were not in good place. Their spiritual habits were not in a great place. And God's spirit comes and stirs up the spirit within them. And so I went on a search and I thought, what does it mean when God comes upon us like that? When God begins to stir the spirit within or upon or over or around, what does that mean, and I looked up in the Jubilee Bible and it says, God woke up the people of God. He woke them up. They had been asleep. They'd been in slumber. I looked up many different uh, understandings of what that scripture meant, and but one of the translations, which is the one that I want to give to you today, it says that when God's spirit came upon Zerubbabel and Joshua and the remainder of the people, it says that a spirit of enthusiasm came on them. 
a spirit of enthusiasm. And I thought, that's what vision does. There is a fresh wind of enthusiasm that brings you out. As you know, Highway Church is a pioneer church of 1995. But no harvest ever comes without seed. Without seed, there is no harvest. And so we sowed, and when I say we, I don't mean Byron and I, I mean those that were with us back then and those that joined later, we sowed. We sowed whatever we had to sow, which at the time seemed so, so little, and yet we've learned what God can do with little. We've learned that God can do the impossible, God can do the the multiplication, God can do the miraculous with, with little, but we sowed. Everybody sowed their time. Most sowed finance. People brought whatever they had, they sowed. We stretched many times over, over the years. And in just about every one of those stretched moments, we were always a little nervous and a little scared. Byron sat on the steps of the community hall down the road here called the School of Arts building. It was huge. It is huge. And when you've got 30 people, it's gigantic. And he sat on the steps with his face covered with his hands saying, Anne, what have we done? What have we done to take like 30 or 40 people from the school multipurpose room over to the hall thinking, will it ever get filled? Will anyone ever come? Will anyone ever find us? And on top of that, we're paying $7 an hour. It was nerve-wracking. If you think we do this seamlessly without any nerves, you don't see what goes on on the inside. And God was faithful because we planted a seed. And eventually that old hall, with everything not great with it, we grew to multiple services in an old hall and eventually to here. And was it last week we celebrated 17 years in this very building. And so we multiplied many times over and we have many times over as we've seen Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3 come to pass to enlarge the place of your tent, to stretch wide those, those tent pegs. We've seen that happen. We've seen it happen with properties. We've seen it happen in India. We've seen it happen with the carols. My goodness, carols. How do you count those numbers? From an idea, we've seen it happen in community work. We've seen it happen pre-COVID with multiple services. We've seen it with a host of other things, but none of it happened without planting a seed. We planted a seed. We watered it by faith and by prayer. We watered it and God brought about what he wanted brought about. And I'm sitting again in my mountaintop moment, my blue chair, welcome to my bedroom, by the way, which sounds a little awkward as I say that, but we're sitting in the blue chair and the Lord begins to speak to me again, as if this wasn't enough to carry. And he says these important words to me and he says, awaken the pioneer spirit. And my first reaction was, God, do you know my age? People retire at this stage of life. 
And he is speaking to me about awaken the pioneer spirit. And I began to walk that out because at this point I'm off the blue chair and I'm now walking through the room and saying, God, what does that mean? What do I do with that? Where do I go with that? Are we starting another church? I really hope not. Only because we felt like we had already carried what God has spoken. And he begins to speak to me about awaking, awaken the pioneer spirit, but he didn't stop there. He spoke to me and he said, the harvest that you have been living in is because of the seed that was planted back here. And that seed back there was planted, but now you have to plant seed that belongs to the harvest for the future. He says, the harvest, he told me this, he said, you have been living off yesterday's harvest, now awaken the pioneer spirit. And so I'm in this yes, Lord moment. Byron's famous words are, say yes and the journey begins. And my next moment is, God, what does the journey look like? So I thought I'd test it out on 10 people. And then we took that to 100 plus people. And now on Pentecost Sunday, Holy Ghost Sunday, we stand in this room and we say, this is the word of the Lord. Awaken the pioneer spirit. I don't want to live off yesterday's harvest. That harvest is gone. But there is a new harvest that is coming, but we've got to sow the seed. And he begins to stir something and stir something within me. And then I, you know, you can imagine I'm, I'm in all kinds of places at this point. And, and I thought, why a spirit of enthusiasm? I didn't know enthusiasm was a spirit until the Lord reminded me that we've been speaking out of the book of Isaiah 61 and there Isaiah 61 speaks about a spirit of despair. That God was going to exchange the spirit of despair and instead of ashes and mourning, he would exchange that for the planting of the Lord. So if despair could be a spirit, then why can't enthusiasm and he, was a, he, was, he poured out his spirit on Zerubbabel and Joshua and the people back then. Why not now? Why not his church in 2022? Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Awaken the pioneer spirit started for me in the blue chair. But it won't end in the blue chair. There was new ground to tread on. There was something else that God was speaking about. Something was beginning to stir. And one of the things that we will pray about just in this moment of the service, but will be continued on tonight, is we're going to pray that that spirit of despair would come off the church and that the spirit of enthusiasm would start to move. 
There's a little Hebrew saying that says this, put your heart on the roads. In other words, the roads that your feet walk on, let your heart, your soul and every part of you be committed to that. I feel we're in a pivotal moment. I feel we're in a really, really, really pitiful, uh, pit, not pitiful, <laughs> let's try, important moment. Let's go with that. Important moment. We might have been in a pitiful moment, but we're not staying there. And the Lord asks a question in Haggai 2.3. And he says, how does it look to you now? That's the question. When God throws you a question, and he threw that question to me and he said, how does the church look to you now? And when God asks you that question, you do not know how to answer it because you realize this is his, not mine. And my question was, God, how do you want it to look now? How would you like Highway Church and anyone who calls this their spiritual home, how would you like this to look? These people we know had been in a bad place. We won't go into that today. But one of the things that God said was that encouraged me was that I am with you. I am with you. He says, my spirit remains among you and do not fear. Do not fear. So this is kind of the beginnings, if you like, the launch pad, the moment of new beginnings, a, a, a day where we're beginning to step into a new era. And it is a new era. I looked up in the dictionary what a pioneer was because I thought, you know, I want to know what is a pioneer anyway. I know God spoke to us about pioneering, but what is it? And very simply, the dictionary understanding of that is that a pioneer is a forerunner. And I believe that we are forerunners for the next generation. We are forerunners for the next generation. Let's begin to pray, pray for that and walk in that and open that up. A forerunner according to the dictionary, is that a, a, sorry, a pioneer is a builder. Go to the mountains, collect the timber and build my house. We are builders. A pioneer is a gatherer and a vision caster. A pioneer is someone who prepares the way for others to follow. A pioneer notices potential and pushes back boundaries or crosses boundaries. A pioneer is a pathfinder, a leader, an innovator, a founder, a person who's grounded in purpose. A pioneer endures hardships and different seasons. A pioneer values possibilities and potential. And a pioneer sparks and initiates creativity and enthusiasm. That's what a pioneer is. <clears throat> we are mountaineers by faith, in faith. Last thought is this before I hand over to Byron to share something. God said, awaken the pioneer spirit and to give careful thought 
And as I began to meditate and just sit around that for a while, and I mentioned it last week and I say it again with a great deal of understanding and conviction, that what has been built in the latter days will be nothing compared to what God is about to build in the days ahead. That the foundation that has been laid is nothing more than a foundation on where we're going. That we are reaching into days that are so exciting and you don't want to miss out on what God is saying and where He's taking us as the church. The church. These latter days will be greater than the former. And give careful thought today to the foundation that has been laid. These are words that just are big in me because... To me, a foundation is what we did 27 years ago. And yet God was speaking to me that this is nothing more than a foundation. We're going to build on this. This other thought was in Haggai 2.19, God asked a question. He said, is there any seed left in the barn? And so these things, when the Holy Spirit opens it up to you, I'm looking in this barn, I'm looking in this house, I'm looking in this life. And I had to answer that question, God, is there any seed left in me that still has to be sown? I ask you the question as the people of God, what seed is in you today that still has to be sown? Is there any seed left in the barn? Is there any seed left in you today? Consider that. Consider that. Max Licardo went to a man called John Maxwell. Max Licardo's church was not in a good place. It was people weren't showing up. Everything was down and low. Morale was down. The faith of the people was virtually non-existent. He went to John Maxwell to ask for his advice. And John Maxwell's words were this. Ask 120 people in your church to pray. Ask 120. I found that interesting on Pentecostal, Pentecost Sunday. <clears throat> but there was 120 in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell. And our world has never been the same since. Our world has never been the same since. So Max Licardo did something with those words. And he went back to his church. And he asked 120 people, would you just pray for your church every day? And some people get scared when you put that out there and say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean an hour, two, three? No, just pray every day. Whether it's two minutes, five minutes, 10 or more, it makes no difference. The report after six months of 120 people praying for their church. This is Max Licardo's report. They broke twice their Sunday attendance numbers. 
They finished the year with their children's church numbers at the highest it's ever been. Everything had been doubled, including their financial growth had grown substantially. They witnessed significant healings in their church. Antagonism and strife had gone and the church was now in unity. The church felt it had a fresh wind in its sails. And more came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour as at any other time in the church's history. And the only thing that changed was an invitation. Would 120 people pray every day for your church? That was the only thing that changed. And so Caleb will give a bit more structure around that, instruction around that in a little minute. But the last scripture that God spoke to me about was this. From this day on, I will bless you. I will bless you. And so the things today is this, and we're going to take it all a little further tonight. A spirit of enthusiasm is what we're praying over you today. We're going to sow seeds for a future harvest. And we're going to invite 120 or more to pray every single day for your church. And we'll see what God's Spirit does with that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Byron. Amen. Stay with me, baby. You know, we've... um you know, we've walked this word for a few weeks now, and uh, I mean, a lot of what I could share was beautifully shared this morning already. But you know, the thing about it is that they were in a place, the people of God, I think it was like 14 years that foundation laid, and they never built another thing, and complacency had crept in. And uh, they'd focus upon their own world. And God was saying, no, if you want blessed, if you want to be blessed, build the house. And uh, I never thought 27 years ago we'd be standing here saying, we're going to pioneer again. Um, but here we are. And, and I was talking to the Lord just the other day, and I shared this, I think, last Sunday, but... I was looking at the world and I was looking at, you know, life around us and situations and circumstances and thinking, what are we doing? This, I think the world's crazier than I've ever seen it in my lifetime. So what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we going to pioneer again? And the Lord spoke to me, he said, those yet to come
for those yet to come. kids, your grandkids, your spouse, people in your world. People in India, very close to our heart. That's why we do what we do. That's why I lay there trying to sleep while she's praying in that silly little chair. Like, it's five o'clock. Have you no mercy, woman? Listen, we're coming on a journey. We want you with us. We started with 11 people 27 years ago. We could, we could change the world with you lot. Come on, can we have the team back? We're going to praise the Lord with this song, and I want you to make it a declaration. I want you to make it from your heart that we're joined together. Why don't you stand to your feet? Is that it? We're going to pray. Yeah, stand to your feet. We'll pray. Yeah. Just before the team bring this to us, why don't we pray? Why don't we do exactly that? Father, we stand right now at this very significant time. We lift up Your church, Lord, and just as You spoke back then, we hear Your voice loud and clear today. That that which You want built today, in this day, in this time, that You take great pleasure in it. We have no other agenda, we have no other motivation other than that that you take great delight and great pleasure on that which is being built at highway, in highway and through highway. I pray, Father, for those that have been through a long season of despair. You've seen that, Lord. You've heard them. You've noticed. You understand the cry of their heart and the desperation. You understand the weariness. But God, we lift up our eyes and we see that our redemption is nigh. We see today, O oh God, that the Spirit of God is here. We hear the invitation of the Lord to invite us in, Lord, to a new time, a new era, a new moment. We hear the Spirit of God and the voice of God saying, I'm going to lift off you the spirit of despair. I'm going to take off you the ashes and the mourning and the sadness and the heaviness. And I'm going to put on you a new spirit. Father, I pray today, as you did back then for Zerubbabel and Joshua and the remainder of the people. Father, I pray today, according to your word that you've spoken, that you would put on us and in us and through us a new spirit, a new spirit to build your house, the spirit of enthusiasm, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that something is coming alive and waking up within us today, that that spirit of slumber, Lord, that the enemy has put on us, Father. We are rising up. We are waking up. We hear it in our heart. We hear it in our spirit.
Spirit. We hear it in our ears, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for a new release of energy, vitality, enthusiasm, life, oh God, within us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that as we walk on that road, that you will take care of the burdens and the heaviness and the things that we've carried. We thank you, Lord, that even now, even now, oh God, that you are moving beyond, beyond this service, that you are taking care of business, oh God, things that have weighted and weighed us down as we today make a fresh choice and decision that we will be builders of the house of God to give honour to His name. Would you give Jesus all the praise today? Would you just lift up your voice in honour to the Father? Would you welcome the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life today? We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.